Hey, Ryan. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> Did you hear the Nintendo Direct cast? No, I definitely didn't. So we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about the giant burning of horseshit. We'll just ignore it for this podcast. I didn't hear any news about Nintendo destroying good things and then making bullshit. Definitely not. Yeah, and I definitely heard something about it finally getting a Metroid game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're going to represent Metroid for its 30th anniversary because it's such a great, awesome series. Yeah. Nintendo is great. I, I love Nintendo. The sky is the limit. And fuck Nintendo. Yeah, fuck Nintendo. Fuck Nintendo. Fuck Nintendo. Fuck Nintendo. Welcome back to the Explosion of Happiness podcast, episode number 48. It's September 2nd, 2016, and it's time to talk about video games and be happy. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Andrew. And in this weekly podcast, we get incredibly excited for video games, and then we don't play them when they are released. And then we play games that we hate and then complain about them instead. Fuck. Yeah, uh, to go into that, I was super excited for Mankind Divided. Uh, since its release, I have put seven hours into it. I've played the game for seven hours, and I'm super slow at that game. I spend way too much time reload. Like, I'll do something successful, and then I'll still, like... I wonder what would happen if I did it a different way, though, and I'll reload my save and, like, redo that interaction. Or I'll just spend way too much time in one area just going over it with a fine-tooth comb. It sounds like you're replaying the game as you're playing through the game. I'm re- yeah, that's exactly what so I So you're going to have three full playthroughs done by the time you beat it. Yes. Yeah. Neat. It kind of kills my drive to play the game because I'm like, I don't want to sink a ton. Because whenever I play the game, I put a ton of time into it in one sitting. You could just commit to one play style. I, I, I will eventually. Eventually that will happen. But at the moment, I don't want to do that. I can't stop just, myself. Just pick doing a play that. style you've never done before and go with it. What I, okay, this, this is what I fucking do. I had I save up all my levels. And then right. when I find something, like, oh, I need strength to get past this point, I will save the game, get the strength upgrade, move the heavy object, go past that. Oh, now I need this upgrade. Pick that upgrade. Yeah. I'll take the path. I'll take that path to completion. Take the three level ups I need to take that path. I'm like, okay, that was neat. And then I'll reload the game back before I spent my levels and then find another path and then re-level up again. And then I do that and I find, okay, which path is the most efficient (laughs) that I will get the level ups that I want to get. That's pretty hardcore. That, this is why the game is like, that, like, that's completely 100% on me onto why I don't want to play the game. I'm not going to lie, that's some of the most autistic shit I've ever heard. Like, normally, what I did when I played through Human Revolution was I stockpiled all my practice kits, and I would use one when I got stuck or on, like, a really hard spot. You're taking it to the next level, where you're still going out of your way to do everything. Yes, I, I, I don't fucking know. I can't stop it, but... Well, what, I, which playstyle are you determining is the best? Do you at least know that yet? I upgraded my inventory, because fuck dealing with that. <laughs> uh, the other upgrades that I've committed to was uh, the hacking upgrades. Because the hackings are fucking everywhere. Yeah. So I figured I may as well just make the hacking minigame as easy as possible. Um, And then I got the the one that lets you turn invisible for a few seconds. That one's really useful. And the eyes. The special eye augment. That's really fucking useful too. In previous DSXs, I basically turned the entire game into find and hack all the computers. And what I always found myself thinking after doing that to get through an obstacle, I'd be like, what if I didn't have all these hacking skills? How would you do this? Where would you find the key? Where would you find the code? Where would you find, like, how would you find a way into this thing if you didn't just unlock all the doors you needed to? So I committed to playing through this game without having any of that kind of skill. Basically having to fetch quest everything or find some platforming solution. And I'm actually enjoying the game a lot more than I did when I played through Human Revolution this way. It's also nice just seeing all these computers like, nope, I don't care. I'm not going to read your emails because I don't care about your dog or whatever. Half the fucking, if not most, the emails in this game are just exposition that is either boring or not interesting. Yeah, there's. I, I agree with you that there's a lot of emails that are just like... Some of them are like, okay, this is just giving me background information, letting me know what kind of city Prague is right now, and that's useful insight. Yeah. Other ones are either they're driving that point home way too hard, or it's just completely useless asinine shit. Yeah. Which I get, it's like emails, you're going to find... Useless asinine shit in emails. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to read it. Obviously, you want to just go out of your way to read the ones you care about or the background information on the characters you like. But because I have brain damage, I found myself doing that to every single computer in Human Revolution because I couldn't help it. I'd be like, what if there's something important in this? I need to know. 
And now I've basically just forced myself to not do that by not putting any practice kits into hacking. And the game is a lot more fun, at least for me, that way. Uh, I also don't have any skills in cloaking. I basically put all my initial practice kits into vision so I can see really well and have good radar vision. I've basically been solid snaking through the entire game, and it's actually way more fun that way. The vision one in this game uh, is so fucking useful. In regards to hacking, though, it's like, that is kind of one of my minor complaints about Human Revolution and this one, too, is you can hack way too much shit, which makes it, to me, the very, like, if you want to play for efficiency's sake, it's the clear, correct choice. Yeah. And as you said, that can kind of detract from the fun. Like, yeah. there's this one quest, side quest that I've been working on, uh, Neon Lights or whatever, where you're investigating the drug Neon in Prague. There's two ways that I found you could get into one of the apartments. You can have level two hacking and go in through the front door, or you can get the super jump skill and then go into, like, an adjacent apartment and super jump into the air ducts. And for this game to have only two paths is really weird because almost every other place I found, there's, like, multiple paths. But it's usually, just, it just constantly feels like hacking's the best path, though. There usually is more than two paths, but it's always something really obscure or something that you don't have equipped. But, yeah, I noticed how in at least of the two Deus Exes I played before this, it seems like there's always a vent or somewhere that leads you to where you want to be if you can't hack through something. So knowing that, as another motivation to not put my skills into hacking is like just fucking crawl through the vent and jump in. And I find myself able to do that like half the time I need to get somewhere. And another reason on top of that is in human revolution where I put all my skills into hacking first, I spent the entire game going, Oh man, I can't wait till I get to like the last 10 minutes where I'll finally get to use all the cool powers. <laughs> like all the fucking things that are badass, like the cloaking and the attacks where you like shoot darts and stuff everywhere. That was probably the biggest reason I was like, you know what? Fuck hacking. I just want to be a fucking goddamn walking tank. But I want to be a badass. I want to be able to jump really high. I want to be able to cloak. I want to do all this stuff. I don't care if I hack shit anymore. Fuck it. I'll find like the more entertaining way to get through things. So that's what I've been doing. But yes, you're right. Putting all your skills in hacking is probably the most efficient way to get through the game. Yeah. And I've been considering this since I started playing. I played through Human Revolution completely stealth. I played through Dishonored, my first playthrough, completely stealth. I'm kind of considering to restart the game and make this a first-slash-third-person shooter and just be like, can I get through this game killing fucking everybody? (laughs) I'm glad that after 48 episodes of this podcast, I've successfully turned you into me. (laughs) This is actually the first Deus Ex where I have done absolutely no killing at all. Well, I did. That's usually how I play these games, though. It's like, I just try not to kill. Yeah, well, I mean, I usually try not to kill until I get caught, and then I kill everybody. That's how it's always gone. That's how most people actually play the game. That's how I do it, too. But then I'm like, okay, that was good stress relief, and then I reload a previous save. Yeah. So I can continue my stealth streak. Yeah, and sometimes I do that. Other times I'm like, fuck this, I want to move on. So far, the only part in the game where I have actually killed a bunch of people was when you had to get to... uh, Fuck, I'm so bad with names. But when you had to get into that bookstore to find the guy who worked on you. Volgan or something like that. Volker. Volker? There's some stuff concerning that layer of his I'll bring up in the audio feature that I found interesting. But um, But speaking of his character, real quick, that's something about this that I didn't notice until this game. And then I went back and kind of looked at pictures all the way back to the first Deus Ex. It actually made me kind of really appreciate the series. Volgar, or whatever his name is, he has a style that is very much a Seattle style. You know, the fucking punk rock studs with the flannel and all that, those those clothes he wears. And when I saw that, it stood out to me because it was familiar, and it made me realize, like, hey, everybody in this game isn't wearing really stupid sci-fi clothes. They're wearing mostly modern-looking clothes. It makes the world that much more believable. And if you go back to even, like, Deus Ex... People were still dressing like they do today. They weren't wearing, like, really stupid fifth element-looking clothes. That's nice. Like, I didn't realize how nice that was to have in a sci-fi world. It makes it just seem that much more believable. Like, this could be the world someday, maybe. Jensen's trench coat is pretty swag. It is swag as fuck. I actually find myself staring at that trench coat every time there's, like, a scene of dialogue, because it's... I I looked at all the other uh, appearance options you have that just came with the game. I don't know if there was, like, a pre or bonus, but I hate all the other ones other than the new one. Like, you can have his classic look from Human Revolution. I think it looks like shit compared to the new one, so... I, I like his classic one in that in Human Revolution, the one that was, like, black, but it had, like, that lighter shade of gray design to it. But, yeah, the newest cloak, is I, that one looks really good. Yeah. If that trench coat was a pre-order bonus, like, an actual trench coat with, like, the Super Ultra Collector's Edition, I'd retroactively go buy it. 
Um, we're turning into women now because now we're talking about clothing. Just every episode we make, I get more and more curious about what we're going to be like another year from now. <sighs> All right, sexies, welcome to the explosion of happiness. This episode, we're going to be talking about this super cool hairstyle I've been trying out for the last week. Oh my god, I finished my glamour set in Final Fantasy fourteen. I look so kawaii, you do not understand, girlfriend. Oh my god, I, just, I haven't even played the game, I've just been starting over and making new characters, because there's so many options, with how, you can, how pretty you can make yourself look. I know, I, it's like, you know, and I can't even decide like what race to play, because they're all just so freaking beautiful, and it's just like, it warms my heart to just see all these pretty faces. Yeah, like it is, sister. 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 <laughs> so back to Deus Ex. I should probably say, I think I'm on like story mission six or something. And I, I don't know how many, I'm like 12 hours in, but I've been taking my time. I, I've been actually idling a bit. So a few hours might've just been idle. But like you, I feel like I was barely anywhere in the game, but I looked up a walkthrough just out of curiosity to see how far I was, because I noticed there was only like three side missions I did up until now. I'm like, did I miss them all, or how much more is coming? I must be in the very beginning of the game, and it'll just open up more, because usually the side missions are always in the beginning of the game. It turns out I'm like halfway into the game. Oh. This game is super fucking short, it appears. For how fucking dense this game is, I've legitimately had that thought a few times. Like, I kind of hope this game isn't super long, because it's so fucking dense. I heard some people saying, oh, the playtime is only 12 hours. I didn't believe them when they said that. But they, 18 hours is probably going to be my guess for most people. But I, like I said, I'm doing everything I can. So When I was younger and I had all the time in the world, if a game had under 60 play hours, I'd be really upset. Now I'm really appreciative when a game has under 20 play hours, but it's still really good. If you can make a good game that I love and it's under 20 hours, it just means I might replay it. <laughs> Where if it's over 60 hours, I'm like, oh, I'd love to replay this game. That's never going to fucking happen. Well, it's odd because it changed my perspective of what kind of game this is. Because I was combing every area, exploring everything as if it was like a fucking open world RPG or something. But now in hindsight, I'm thinking it's a stealth espionage game with some exploration to it, Mm -hmm. which is fine, I guess. We're probably never going to see a game like the original Deus Ex ever again. And as much as I love Human Revolution and so far Mankind Divided, it's kind of sad that they'll probably never make a game in that style where you just go to so many different settings. Deus Ex was certainly unique. And I'll be honest, I think a huge benefit to Deus Ex is Deus Ex was allowed to be ugly. In that, like, I mean, the game, if if you play the game, once you're, like, 10 hours into the game, I think the graphics won't really bug you. But at first, it's really noticeable with, the game is just ugly. But that led them to create huge, fucking massive areas. Like, all of, like, Liberty Island is one fucking map. Amazing how big those areas are. And that kind of lends to making the game really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Human Revolution, you had those two hub areas, but then occasionally you'd go to, like, a sectioned-off like, whenever you get to, like, a boss fight or something, there'd always be a whole big industrial area you go through that's all confined to itself. That format worked for that game, but it seems like Mankind Divided so far has actually just been these two little hub areas you can go to. Um, and the one I'm in right now, the second one, it seems really fucking linear so far. Like, there's not even a good reason to explore any of it and that it's only here just to be a bunch of main quest missions. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't know how I feel about that yet. I'll know by the end of the game. But yeah, it's pro- weird. I feel like Prague's uh, really not everything I'm seeing. In Prague is really nice, and the game looks and runs fucking amazingly. I'm super impressed by that. I want to ask: Is the second area Seattle? No, I didn't know this. Uh, apparently, one of the hub worlds in Invisible Wars is Seattle. Oh, kind of makes me want to play Invisible Wars because yeah. there's no fucking game ever where Seattle is the setting. The newest Infamous on the PS4. What? I'm yeah. getting that game just for yeah. that reason alone. I didn't get it because I never played a second Infamous, but, you know, it's not like you have to. I remember the demo was the Seattle Science Center. Oh, that is, uh, I'm definitely getting that game. Yeah, it looked totally different, but it was still kind of cool. They got, like, the general architectural style of the buildings and stuff correct. And you can climb the Space Needle and stuff, so, yeah. Uh, I always felt like you and I would probably enjoy Infamous Second Son more than most people because of that reason alone. But you're right, there's not enough open-world games in our city. And Seattle's a cool city, so why not? There's just not enough crime here. It's not a shitty enough city. I think the main reason is if somebody wants to put it in Seattle, they'd put it in San Francisco instead. Have you ever seen an action movie based on Seattle? No. There was a Chuck Norris movie where he goes to Seattle to fight a mob. 
Oh, fuck yeah. I forget what it was called in the TV show uh, Criminal Minds. They're like the FBI and they go all across the country. And it's funny whenever they say they're in Seattle or Tacoma or something because they'll show like B-roll from that area. And then you're like, they're in Canada. <laughs> like as soon as it shows the actors in the area, like you can just tell right away. I'm like, that is not Seattle. <laughs> Yeah, no, the only movies we even get in Seattle are fucking, like, romantic comedies, like that Tom Hanks movie. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle needs some more action. Anyway, Mankind Divided is the first Deus Ex that just directly followed up the last one. Would not surprise me if Square Enix's plan is just to make a whole bunch of these games in this style consecutively, which, if they pitched it in a certain way, I might be okay with. Not that I'm saying, like, they would make Deus Ex an episodic series, but... In terms of like making a video game series, every two years they release another one and they all have two hub areas or something, or maybe they can get up to three someday, but it just keeps telling shorter stories in the Deus Ex universe. Yeah, I'd really like that. I love the stealth gameplay and I love all the options it gives you, so I would almost be okay with that. Sort of like a Hitman thing, because these areas yeah. do take a while to make, because they give you a lot of options. They think about it. Like I said, this game is fucking dense from what I've seen. Yeah. And I just like my only real negative complaint is that hacking is really fucking good, perhaps too good. And that the intro is a shit ton of tutorials and that makes it drag a little bit. But other than that, I don't see anything wrong with this game yet. So that's really nice. And I would love more of this on a consistent basis. I guess I'll just close up my thoughts on it while we're talking about it in like podcast mode. I feel like Mankind Divided in a way is just an extension of Human Revolution, like an expansion pack or like a standalone DLC in a way. It's still very lengthy. It's a complete game in its own. But by no means, if you're interested in starting with a series, you should absolutely start with Human Revolution, and you can decide from there whether to go back and play the original or move on to Mankind Divided. But I do not recommend Mankind Divided as like your intro to the series. There's just no reason. With yeah, how right away they start talking about shit from the first game, or not yeah. Human Revolution, so... Definitely get Human Revolution first. Like, Plus, Human Revolution is a fucking solid-ass game. You don't need to play Human Revolution to play this one, and it seems like the story in this one is self-contained enough, but I just don't understand why anyone would. Neither gameplay nor visually are either of them too different from one another, so just start with Human Revolution. Uh, and if you like Human Revolution, Mankind Divided is fine. If the game has only crashed on me once on PC. I don't know about you. Uh, no crashes. Yeah. Um, I, I have been reading it. There was, like, game-breaking bla- game blood... Uh, game... Game. I'm doing this thing that you did when we started podcasting. I didn't used to fucking do this. Yeah. I'm like stuttering my speech and shit. Now I'm becoming. There. I have been reading about certain game breaking. I have been reading about certain game. I have been reading about certain game breaking bugs that happen later in the game. There, I ruined it. Now yeah. I gotta do it again. I have been reading about certain game breaking. <laughs> ah! I have been reading about. See, the thing is, when I get it right, while I'm, like, very punctual, then when I'm editing it, like, this just sounds ridiculous when I'm trying to, like... Yeah, the times you're saying it right, you do sound kind of, like, you're really forced into some dumb... Yeah, so I'm going to probably keep this entire stuttering mess in the whole podcast. I hope you're getting a good laugh out of this. (laughs) I I, I am. Just just don't don't take a deep breath and don't think about anything, and then just say it. Just empty your mind. I have been reading about certain game-breaking... I have been reading about certain game-breaking bugs later in the game. Uh, I have not yet encountered any, but I've been making lots of breadcrumb saves just in case. All in all, how this second half of the game goes, maybe the missions get a lot longer. I don't know. Maybe I'm not actually halfway into it. I just know I've completed like six of the 12 main story missions that are listed. Or maybe the guy I was looking at was bullshit. I don't know. Point is, I'm enjoying the game. I'm just hoping there's going to be a lot more content than I think there's going to be, uh, and we'll see. Yeah. And hopefully you can play through the game without spending 100 hours on it. I do want to say that my opinion is pretty much the same as you. Looks really good, plays fun. I hope there's a lot to enjoy here. And I want to make one kind of hopeful prediction. I want I want this to be one of the possible endings for the game. And that is, at the end of the game, you can help Bob Page double-cross the Illuminati and then help him form the Majestic 12. That'd be cool. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, I would totally go for that ending and have Adam Jensen be one of the finding members of uh, the Majestic 12. Uh, I am really curious about how this ending is going to go because some of the things I've been reading is how the story gets really weak in the final act. <laughs> and I'm worried that Mankind Divided is going to end up feeling as rushed as Human Revolution at the end. If that's the case, that would be really sad. That would be really sad. But uh, yeah, we'll that see. was one of the big detractors from Human Revolution is that it did feel like it was missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So 
I'm going to throw out an idea, and this is going to tie into my first news story, but we always talk about what if there was a double-A dev who could make a game in the same style, like a 3D polygonal game from the 90s. What if Square Enix hired a small mod team or something to just make a game in the same vein as the original Deus Ex with all the same mechanics and maybe some new ones, but basically with the same visuals? I want them to clean up the menus, like keep the overall yeah. visuals the same. Clean up the menus, because I... It's been a while, but I remember the Deus Ex menus taking a really long time to get used to. Yeah, I mean, there definitely need to be some UI improvements. But basically, I'm saying make an engine that yeah, doesn't require that be, so uh, much work, and then you only have two cities in the final game. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Seriously. I kind of wish people would just accept that, you know what? We can have these less pretty-looking games, but they can be huge. Or you can have a really nice-looking game, but it's just going to be smaller, and that's the price you have to pay. I bring that up because, you know, that Sonic Mania game... I didn't know this, but apparently the guys working on that game were actually modders. They were oh, modders who were making uh, Sonic CD mods, and then Sega hired them. And they're that like, hey. smart. Yeah. It's the exact polar opposite of what Nintendo's doing. And because of that, so, I'm saying I'd probably like Sega more than Nintendo right now. But I think this is honestly going to be a thing that starts happening, and I hope it does. I'll back any major publisher that starts encouraging that. That kind of very awkwardly ties into my first news story. I wasn't planning to present it in this order, but speaking of older games, engines, you know how the Duke Nukem 3D Mega Ton Edition got pulled off Steam? I brought this up many podcasts ago. I don't think they have been brought back to Steam yet. Basically, all the Duke Nukem games were pulled because of expired licenses or something to do with Gearbox. There are rumors spreading about a new Duke Nukem game being put out by Gearbox called Duke Nukem 3D World Tour. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what the countdown's for. Yes. Now, when I first looked at this, I was hoping it was like Sonic Mania. Like, it's just a brand new Duke Nukem game made with the same old digit. It's actually... Sounds like it's going to be a remastering of the original Duke Nukem 3D, but it's going to contain new content in it. So it's kind of half and half. This is just rumors. There's no confirmations yet. Now, this could go either way. This could be a great thing. It could be a terrible thing because Gearbox likes to make terrible things. It's a Gearbox. It's going to be a terrible thing. Yeah. um, Most people are receiving this news very negatively. but They should. When I first looked at this, I thought, okay, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll see it out. But then other rumors concerning this are starting to get me nervous. Like, apparently, John St. John is recording new voiceovers for Duke Nukem in this game. And... According to the leaks, he was not too enthusiastic about the lines they were having him say. Case in point, one of the lines he drops is apparently Bazinga. Oh, God. Yeah. And this whole thing is fuzzy, and, you know, it could all be complete bullshit, but the rumors are just coming out that it's like... It sounds like it's going to be this weird hybrid of old and new Duke, and I don't really like how this is all panning out, being with Gearbox. And beyond that, the fact that, like, they're repackaging Duke Nukem 3D in this new way... It's got me thinking they're probably going to discourage modding because that just seems like a modern thing to do. I, yeah, well, and it's Gearbox. Yeah. Um, like, I'm really glad I bought Duke Nukem 3D off GOG now that I hear this, yeah. like before all this shit happened. I will say that this this it's Gearbox, so the ground is ripe for rumors. So in that regard, these could all be fake, but at the same time, it sounds incredibly believable because it is Gearbox and they're giant pieces of shit and they're an overrated piece of crap game dev studio. So I, I totally expect like what you're saying to be true, and this to come out and just be a god awful mess, and then Gearbox is bankrupt and they have to be locked away in a giant hole and eat each other to survive. Nothing is confirmed until there's an official statement. I love Duke Nukem 3D. Cool. If Gearbox wanted to shed some light back on Duke Nukem 3D and bring it into the modern era without fucking it up, but in order to not fuck it up, they need to have open mod support. And that's what I don't think they're going to do. Yeah, and anyway, I was going to use this whole thing as an example to what I was saying before about like Sonic Media and how making sequels to old games in the same style of those older games is going to be a modern trend, and I hope it is. And Gearbox might be going with that approach, and if they are, that's a good thing in my mind, so long as they follow through with open mod support and everything else that made that game a hit back in its day. Even if Gearbox is smart and they do something really good with this, Duke Nukem only kind of has its core audience, and I really don't see Duke Nukem expanding beyond that, especially with just a remaster. So I don't necessarily see them putting in a ton of effort to do it. So leaving the door open for mod support would definitely be a smart decision on their part. But I really don't see... Even if this is awesome and great, like, we might enjoy it, but 
I don't think that'd do much for Gearbox personally. So right. I don't know how much effort they want to even sink into this thing. I'm kind of uncomfortable bringing all this news up because there's not much information on it. I'd really like it if Duke Nukem didn't suck. That's all I'm saying. I really like Duke Nukem. I well, like his style. <laughs> if they're going to fucking make more Duke Nukem, could you just please make it good and not make it like wink, wink, smile at the camera. This is so dumb, LOL, bullshit that they did with Duke Nukem Forever. Well, thankfully, what you can do is you can go to GOG and buy Duke Nukem 3D. Are you sure? Can't, I don't know. Is it still up on GOG? I don't know. I thought it got pulled from everywhere. Uh, it got pulled from everywhere. That fucking sucks. It might be, you can still get it off of G2A. <laughs> Just I would do it because, I. you know what? Uh, I fully support buying any and all Gearbox games off G2A until they yeah. stop being giant pieces of shit. Uh, I support buying keys to games you can't find anywhere else off of G2A if you have to. That's the one thing I will say is good about G2A. Yep, no results found for Duke Nukem and uh, GOG. Okay, well, there you go. But I can still download it, so that's good. Well, yeah, if you own it, you own it. They can't take that away. Thank God. Especially on GOG. It'd be great if, like you said, it'd be great if Duke Nukem can come back and just be that 80s slash 90s fucking action movie hero who he was. Yeah. Like fucking Rambo or... What's his name? The stupid ponytail asswipe that nobody likes. Steven Seagal. Yeah, he, yes, Seagal. If you could be those guys or Arnold from the fucking 80s, because that's what Duke Nukem was to me. And he said all the cheesy fucking one-liners from those action movies because that's that's what he was trying to be. And the thing that made him lovable with all those cheesy one-liners is the fact is that it was self-serious. It wasn't, yes. it wasn't trying to be sarcastic. It wasn't being made by a bunch of new male hipsters that were like, oh, we're going to make a homage to those old 80s action movies, but those are so in the past and outdated by now, so... Our audience is so much more intelligent now. We have to make it really obvious that the whole thing is actually a joke and you're not supposed to take it seriously. Fuck that and fuck you. Just let me be a fucking badass and feel like an action hero. And if I want to laugh at the references, then I'll laugh at the references. If I want to get a hard on to the references and be like, oh yeah, I am a fucking badass, then let me. Don't like fucking shove it in my face what you want me to feel. Go fuck yourself. In regards to smaller teams making new games as sequels to old games in the style of those old games. Uh, Nintendo's continuing to be shitty to everyone. So why don't you present the DMCA story? (sighs) So recently, Nintendo took down two kind of well-known fan games. They took down not another Metroid 2 remake, and then they took down Pokemon Uranium. Well, over this week, they have issued 500, over 500 DMCA takedowns for various games and modded games of different Nintendo origin. A lot of these are like Zelda and Mario mods. Uh, Jesus Christ, especially since a lot of these have been sitting pretty and just fine for a really long time. I kind of feel this might all be because what's his name passed away? Oh, Iwata. No, I agree. Yeah. This definitely seems like a change in leadership. Yeah. And it's a shitty change in leadership. What I'm hearing is that a very large number of the games that got pulled down by this DMCA weren't actually, they weren't actually violating copyright. They were just parodies of Nintendo IPs. So Nintendo doesn't even really have a case with them, but they still DMC'd them. To me, they're just being like a fucking bully, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to tie up these creators up in the courtroom or something. They're just trying to inconvenience them, basically. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know what the fuck Nintendo's doing. I don't know why they're going this route. They've been taking down things left and right for over the last year now, but this is like just a gigantic fucking bakaki on everyone's face. And it's like you said, I think I think it has something to do with Iwata passing away. Their legal department is just going fucking crazy. And, and it sucks because a lot of these are just... They're not even full on... It's not like Uranium, which is a brand new game. Some of them were just like Pokemon Ultimate Edition, where they would basically make Pokemon harder. Something that people have been requesting since fucking like Alpha and Sapphire. Because, you know, it's kind of fucking bullshit that you go to fight a fucking gym leader and they only have two Pokemon. So people would go in and just basically edit the game, improve the AI, and give gym leaders six fucking Pokemon. So there's an actual decent challenge to these games. But no, that gets DMCA'd. Like just, something like, no, as much as it sucks it got taken down, I can totally see why you would have a takedown on not another Metroid 2 remake. Because you might be developing something like that. Or you might just want people to actually buy the thing. There's protecting your IP and then there's being like a stalker serial killer over your IP. And that's kind of what Nintendo's behaving like. That, it, yeah, that's a good point. I probably would never have heard about whatever these 500 games were. So... I just don't know what Nintendo is preventing. All they're doing is creating ill will towards himself, and they don't seem to be very good at generating goodwill towards himself anymore. 
All that said, have you heard of a game called No Mario Sky? No. I watched a stream by Vine Sauce. It's it's like a 2D No Man's Sky where you play as Mario, and it's like enough Super Mario Brothers physics, but you can hop in a spaceship and find other planets. That's awesome. I think it's procedurally generated. It is awesome. It was made in 72 hours for uh, whatever Game Jam event. Probably better were. than No Man's Sky. The concept is... It seems about as complete as No Man's Sky, just in 2D. I just went to the website because I was curious if this got taken down, but uh, no, I, I just downloaded it. It's still up. Weep for all the passionate creators out there who just love Nintendo so much that they want to make their own Nintendo games, but Nintendo wants to take a shit on them. Meanwhile, here's Sega hiring these people to make games for them. Which, uh, in my opinion, is the, totally the correct... Imagine how much money fucking Nintendo could have made if they hired the dude who made not another Metroid 2 remake. Or the people that made Project M. It's kind of a win-win deal no matter what. Like Even if they're not the lead designers, you still have them as like part of the team or advisory or something because they're making really goddamn good games, which a gigantic fucking multi-billion dollar company can't seem to do. But now that we're on this subject, it's time to go into the Nintendo Direct as of yesterday, September 1st. I just want to say up front, I really started to hate Nintendo. We're getting to that point. No mention of the NX at all. Still. Still no NX is fucking absurd, yes. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be their next Direct, but it wasn't. Maybe that kind of explains why everything they showed in this Direct is complete bullshit, is because they're not going to talk about their NX titles, which is maybe what they're putting all their actual effort into. Putting next to the fact that they just DMCA'd a bunch of good, awesome mods and then revealed a bunch of fucking garbage in this Direct is pretty clear point to me that uh, maybe I need to rethink my love of Nintendo now. Uh, So yeah, the first thing they talked about was uh, Super Mario Maker is coming to the 3DS. Why not? Of course. Seems like a great idea. It's going to have all the same tools as the Wii U version. That's so amazing. Yeah, I know. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get this day one purchase. Yeah, it's just a match made in heaven. And now we can play it together. And we can upload our state. Oh, wait, no, we can't because there's no online functionality. Why would you fucking do that? Good question. Really good question. I don't know. From day fucking one, this is the one area where Nintendo has really fucking suffered, and I am amazed that they've made it this far and are still complete shit at it, and that's their internet. Like, anything really to do with the internet, be it their own fucking goddamn servers, or the way you just browse their store, or the way you get fucking updates on the 3DS for games you already have, or even the way they interact with fucking goddamn YouTube, Nintendo does not understand the internet, or how fucking important it is, and that blows my fucking mind. What I did 98% of the time I played Mario Maker was play other people's stages. You can't do this now, unless you're just sharing stages with your friends. So it's like, the 3DS gave them an opportunity to just make the game even better. And instead, they just carved out the entire part of the game that I loved it for. I have zero interest in getting this for the 3DS now. I hope there's an NX version, which will be portable and will have the features that the Wii U version had in terms of online functionality, because this is just fucking sad. It's also just a giant fuck you. I think everyone's reaction was the same. Like, well, what's the point? Why? Why, Andrew? Why are they doing this? Because they're... Why is Nintendo half-assing Nintendo is fucking retarded. The NX is going to come out, and it's going to be pure fucking garbage, and Nintendo's going to go bankrupt, and I'm never going to get another fucking Metroid game, and all their IPs are just going to be auctioned off, and then we're going to get Mario from fucking EA, and then Activision is going to be releasing the new Zelda game, and it's all going to be shit. Maybe they just got really bitter over the mismarketing of the Wii U, and they realized, well, people are going to be too stupid to understand what the thing actually is. Let's put out games like Mario Maker on the 3DS, but not put in online functionality because no one's going to know when they buy it. How much you want to bet the vast majority of people who buy this for the 3S are going to freak out when they realize they can't upload their stages or download stages. That sounds about right. Or maybe you can't. I don't think you can download stages. It said you cannot upload your stages from the 3DS. Maybe you can still connect. I mean, it says that you can do the 100 Mario challenge or whatever. So maybe there is a big server you can download stages from. But I don't know if that means you'll be able to share with like other users. I don't you know. It doesn't upload. You can not being able to upload your own stages just means why would you want to make your own stages other than just share with your couple friends you have? That's just it's really disappointing, extremely disappointing. And Mario Maker on the 3DS was just a match made in heaven, and they blew it. So good Nintendo, great. Okay, next thing, Yoshi's Whirly World is being ported to the 3DS. Now it's being called Poochie and Yoshi's Whirly uh, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Poochie and Yoshi's Whirly. Wo- Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World for the 3DS. <laughs> like shit. I know. 
Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World for the 3DS. It's going to have all the same content from the Wii U version, plus new stages made for Poochie, Yoshi's dog, uh, and other unspecified additions. I don't know how I feel about this, because this was actually like the last Wii U game I wanted to buy before my collection for it was going to be complete. And I probably will still get that version, because the main reason I was going to get it was just because of the visual gimmick. This trend of, let's just port all of our Wii U games to the 3DS is kind of rubbing me the wrong way being a Wii U owner. How do you feel about this? Do you care? It's nice because I don't have a Wii U, so I get to play these games potentially. But if they're going to gut them and make them shitty, then I'm not even going to want to play it in the first place, which makes me wonder why waste the development time on doing this. Yeah, uh, they brought the Donkey Kong Country Returns. That was a Wii game for the 3DS, which was fine. But they also made Zelda Hyrule Warriors for the 3DS, and my understanding was that port was atrocious. Okay, I guess I'll just jump ahead since we're talking about Zelda. It's Zelda's 30th anniversary, so to commemorate that, here's DLC for Hyrule Warriors. Nice! You can play as Toon Link now. Get hype. Also, I guess Dark Horse Comics is making three volumes of some Zelda comic or something, which could be good or bad. Wind Waker HD is being added to Nintendo's Nintendo Selects. They made a deal out of mentioning that The Legend of Zelda is going to be on that classic NES console thing that we've already talked about. Like, anyone wouldn't have been expecting that already. And there's four new Zelda amiibos. Yay. So, yay. I don't even remember what they were because I don't care. Uh, but that's it. That's how Nintendo decided to celebrate Zelda's 30th anniversary. Uh, you want to know how they decided to celebrate Metroid's 30th anniversary? Oh, let me guess. They announced um, Team Ninja is going to make a new 3D game, and they're going to release a new 2D game for the 3DS, and the Wii U gets the Team Ninja game. And then uh, there's probably going to be, like, some really cool Amiibos, like, for Samus and stuff. Maybe even, like, an enhanced remake of uh, Super Metroid 2 that'll be on the digital store for either platform. Maybe they're talking ahead, and they're going to announce some really sweet games for the NX. How they decided to actually celebrate Metroid's 30th anniversary was to not talk about Metroid at all. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I hate you, Nintendo. Uh, Do you know who the final boss was in that uh, Metroid Federation Force game is? The fans. (laughs) No, it's actually the player's soul. You just shoot it. No, it's uh, Samus. You had to fight Samus. She gets like she gets she like turns into a giantess and then like rolls around in her ball and you had to shoot her and. I, I can't just skip through most of it and then and then you like fly away with a planet blowing up in the background and Samus is like, Good job guys. See you later. And that's how the game ends. Happy thirtieth, Metroid. Samus is alone in a bar, getting drunk right now, without a date. Moving on. There was some Pokemon shit I didn't even I don't know. It's something to do with the new games, I think. I don't I think I saw that announcement. It just showed some unique Z moves and said that if you uh get the game early enough you'll be able to get a special munchlax. Yeah, neat. Fascinating. There's a 2D Pikmin game being made. Whatever. It really, I mean... Wow, Shigeru- they're making a 2D Pikmin game, but not a 2D Metroid game? That's so <laughs> fucking go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Apparently Shigeru Miyamoto is one of the directors on it, so maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I just looked at it and just said, blah. All Nintendo's been putting out is fucking 2D platformers right now, and they've been all very mediocre. It's odd that they're continuing to pump life into Pikmin, but they won't pump life into Metroid or F-Zero. Axiom Verge and a bunch of other indie games I already forgot about are coming to the Virtual Console. That's apparently a big deal. Such a big deal they had to announce it, even though the game has been out for over a year on every other platform. Nintendo is right on schedule, as always. Let's see here. Uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf is getting DLC Amiibo support. Yay. Yay. They made a really big deal about it. Wow, they're making DLC support, but they're not... Well, the DLC is Amiibo support. I don't don't even know what you're going to be able to do with your Amiibos, but I guess someone said something about, like, you get to choose your villagers by having certain Amiibos or something. I don't fucking care. Maybe you'll take double damage and it'll act as a sort of hard mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. They announced Picross Round 2 for the 3DS store. I didn't even know there was a Round 1. I don't even know if you know what Picross is. Picross was a Game Boy game. It was a really, really fun puzzle game. And I don't know why I didn't know there was a Picross game on a 3DS. I don't really care now because I didn't even hear about it. I'm kind of cross that this just slipped out without anyone talking about it or Nintendo marketing it, at least. I didn't find out about it, and I follow gaming news, so whatever. Mario Super Sports got announced. It's really actually sad that this is probably the biggest announcement they made. Mario Super Sports looks like it's just a collection of all of the Mario sports games. There's soccer, baseball, tennis, golf... Oh, it's, it's cool that you can just get all of them in one package, but the thing that 
kind of rubs me wrong about this is I wanted to get that Mario Golf game for the 3DS. I chose not to because they had some really stupid DLC in it. And I figured as time went by, I eventually got to a point where the online community is going to be dead by now. So I don't even care. I just buy it for a single player game at this point. And if I was going to play a Mario Golf game for single player, I'd rather actually go back and play Mario Golf 64 or Mario Golf on a Game Boy Color. And now there's this new game, and I'm guessing it's just going to be multiplayer focused because I don't know what single player content there would be if it's just going to be a bunch of sports games collection. Kudos to the fact that it's not a mini game collection. They're actual full blown Mario sports games. All in one tidy package. That's it. That's the biggest announcement from this whole Direct. So now you know that um, Nintendo, when they're not making shitty shovelware garbage, they're DMCAing all the cool shit and continuing to announce boring bullshit as if we should care. I'm with you. Why isn't there a 2D Metroid? Nintendo should just release gun DLC. Oh yeah, I forgot one more announcement. Ever Oasis. It's an RPG on a 3DS. I don't know much about it, but it looks like that's like the actual real honest to God serious game that Nintendo. That's has the only out. real announcement they made. Holy shit. Well, There's it was no actually news? it was revealed at E3 and it just kind of went under the radar to most people. Uh-huh. I noticed it. I never brought it up. Nintendo, get hype. Aren't you so happy about Nintendo? I'm so sure happy about Nintendo. Happy. I sure love Nintendo. That Star Fox game that it just lived up so well to my hopes and the fact that there's probably never going to be an F-Zero game, even though there should be now that we're in the HD era and F-Zero would be fucking orgasmic. They're never going to announce one. We'll just port a bunch of Wii games and make them for the 3DS and then rip out features. So, <clears throat> yeah. to continue the outrage. Okay. Arc Survival Evolved, a early access game available on Steam that you and me have both played. Cool. Not got cool, paid I mean. DLC, $20 for an expansion pack. That adds a new map, fucking dragons, some new recipes, and you can like go in between the island and the desert that they added. And um, The base game's 30 bucks, and it's frequently on sale. This is fucking $20 that they sunk a lot of development time into, obviously. It's an entire new map with new dinosaurs that came, including dragons. And it's a fucking early access game that's still pretty fucking buggy and has a lot of problems, as you and me can both attest to. I wonder what they'll be adding to the main game now, now that I guess they're just putting all their new content behind paywalls. This is fucking disgusting, simple as that. It it is. It is fucking terrible. I heard they're working on the uh, Codename Ryan DLC. If you pay five bucks, it lets you get unstuck from a rock. Oh, cool. Yeah, I could have used that. I'm looking at a screenshot of one of the giant snakes from the game. Actually, fuck, no, there's a ton of snakes. Oh, my God. They're lucky I already wasn't going to ever play this game because of those fucking snakes that traumatized me. But if they wanted to make DLC that removes the snakes from the game, I'd buy that. (laughs) I remember when we played this and we talked about it, we both had the same sentiment. It's unfinished. It's really rough around the edges, but it's fun. We're going to stop playing for now, but we might come back in a year. It had a promising future. Right. This is bullshit. This is fucked up. I don't want to play this game ever again. At the very least, they could have brought the game out of early access like a month ago and then announced this. Yeah, right. Because then they can at least justify it somewhat, even if it would still be scummy. It's so when you point out that, you know, dinosaurs still get stuck on trees frequently, they can just say, eh, it's an early access game, and the people who drink the fucking Kool-Aid that these devs are pushing will defend the game valiantly for them and say, but there's so much content, it's worth 20 bucks. Who cares if it doesn't work? They must be feeling really ballsy to drop this because all the, you know, reviews right now, a lot of which have over, like, 500 hours in the game are saying they're dropping the game because of the DLC. And I would, too, if I was still playing it. I definitely won't be going back to it now. Oh, hell no. No. I totally expect them to backpedal within, like, two weeks. Probably. That would be a smart idea. I also expect them to double down on their idiocy and say that we're all entitled douchebags and we should be happy to pay for more content because they worked hard on it when they, you know, don't bother to fix the shit that's already in their goddamn game. Andrew, if you don't want it, you don't have to buy it, though. It's just extra content. Okay, I'm legitimately angry and upset about this. And that's a first for this podcast, because usually I kind of... So I, I'm actually thinking... This is bullshit, because all the development time they spent on the fucking desert, they should have developed on the island, making a fucking game that I wanted to go back to and actually fucking play, instead of this half ass cock shit that they came out with. Fuck ever, them! I wonder if they ever actually finished the boss fights. 
that were at the end of the game that were incomplete and dropped nothing when you killed them. Yeah, this is just taking DLC to a no low. This is just a fucking insult. It's actually not an insult. It's a fucking joke. It's a. It's like they decided to commit suicide as a studio. Because I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Are they just so fucking high on the money they were making off the game or the Twitch hype that they just thought they could scoot this past everyone? Are they confident that they're still going to have a really dedicated core audience that's still going to stick with them and buy all their shit? Because I was with you. I was like, I will probably come back to this game when it's finished, when there's a lot more to it and give it a second romp. But I guess I'm going to be abandoning this. Like almost every fucking... Have you ever noticed how, like, we probably spend more time on this podcast talking about games we're never going to play again because of shit like this? Yeah. Or, you know, bitching about early access. I mean, like, there's been a few things, like, um, Darkest Dungeon. You know, they came out of early access just fine. But for the most part, it's a fucking plague. Or, like, Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, right, in that big fucking... Oh, Jesus Christ. They announced that they're going to release the fucking zombie DLC. Instead of finishing the already mostly finished Chapter 51 important storyline content and releasing that as DLC or maybe expanding on it. So it's actually worth a DLC price point. I know people will be like, Oh, but Hideo Kojima's not there. Yeah. Fuck it. Hideo Kojima's not there. And if you're going to keep releasing Metal Gear Solid shit, you're just going to have to bite that fact and deal with it. And also mission 51, like I said, mostly finished. They have all the storyboard and some of the fucking audio done for that shit. They've already ditched all their other IPs. Will you just fucking ditch this one and stop raping it? That's or if you want to rape it, it, at least rape it with dignity. Good game, Ark devs. It was fun while it lasted. Rotten hell. All right, here's some interesting news, and I think something that you and me maybe one day might actually be able to do. Okay. EVE Online came out in 2003, so that means for the last 13 years mm-hmm. and a couple of months, it's been a paid-for MMO. Uh, it will later be going to a play-for-free model where you get limited access to like the size of the ship you can fly and other restrictions, but you'll be able to play most of the game for free. Interesting. If you so subscribe, you'll still get a lot of benefits. Like You'll be able to fly bigger ships and oh, okay. other things okay. like that. So oh, basically, cool. if you're a long-term player, you're going to want to keep paying for your sub. This sounds like the right way to do free-to-play. You make the free-to-play like an actual trial to the game. I'm probably not going to play this because I played EVE once for a month, did a free trial, respect the hell out of it, don't want to dedicate my life to it, though, so I'm not going to play it, but this is a smart move for them. Yeah, that's, EVE is an interesting beast. I played it once for like two days. Yeah. I've been wanting to go back to it, maybe check it out a bit on, more. But. On the flip side, is this maybe worrying the fact that they're doing this? Like, you think maybe they're losing users? Or maybe they're worried about Star Citizen taking their thunder or something? Yeah, that could be it. Even if Star Citizen came out, I still think Eve and Star Citizen are similar but completely different beasts. Well, yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying, Eve has been around a long time. I wonder if maybe it's getting stale to even their most dedicated players. I don't know. Yeah, that could be true. Eve is a game that I never want to play, but I infinitely want to go on so I can keep hearing stories about it. Or maybe we definitely will get this once Star Citizen comes out and is a fucking disaster. And we're like, you know what, fuck it. Fuck video games. Let's just play nothing but Eve for the rest of our lives. And I we... want Star Citizen to be good so bad, but I know it's going to be dog shit. Because so. <laughs> everything in video gaming is dog shit right yeah, now. Thanks all, to all of their presentations have been impressive, but then you know I hear about the things going on behind the scenes and it sounds really worrying. There's kind of a big cult of people trying to rag on Star Citizen now, and they might be right. Only one way to find out yep. this December. Okay, three more little things. Mortal Kombat X is finally getting the PC port fixed. Oh my god. It's a good thing that they're doing this, and it's what they should have done from the start, and I feel like they probably already damaged their reputation too much at this point for it to really matter that much. Yeah, if this was their intent from the start, they probably should have mentioned it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to buy this. I missed that train from like fucking two years ago when it first came out that if I went online now, I'd just get fucking destroyed, and so I'm not really that interested in that. But I still want to play this game. And if I was to get it, I, might, I probably would just get the PS4 port now. But uh, the fact that WD is doing this, I have some goodwill towards them now because of this. It's a start. Yes, it's a start. I okay. wouldn't buy into it just for the fact that I'd be thinking that they might betray that trust at any second. Right. It made me hopeful for them again. Because if it wasn't for this, whatever next game they were going to have, Injustice 2, whatever, I wouldn't even think about it. With their history of Arkham Knight and this on the PC, I will at least give them a chance again from now on. This isn't really a story, but it's just funny. You remember how during the E3 podcast you talked about how Horizon Zero Dawn, the PS4 title by Guerrilla, looks like it's just everything that's popular rolled into one game? Yep. The game director, Mathis Dejong. He came out and said, 
Horizon is a nerd dream come true for us, and we want this world to feel believable. So we invest a ton of time in every design, but it's also about doing things differently. Almost every movie or game set in the future is dark and grim, more like a desert than the Earth we know. Horizon is a result of another species taking over. Our species, by the way, that has their own society rules, like there are shell walkers, for example, that carry resources around, and every animal has a unique function within society. Very early on, we had a prototype running in the Killzone 3 engine, and it was not a lot of fun. I mean, it was okay, but it didn't deliver the gameplay we wanted to go for because we gave our protagonists assault rifles, rocket launchers, and even a Gatling gun. So I don't really know what they're conveying from this other than, well, we kind of wanted to do something different, but at the same time, everything that's already hip. They're sending mixed messages, basically. Yeah, I went on to say during that that I don't necessarily hold it against them that they're just doing a whatever popular mashup. Yeah. It still does look interesting and good. It just that's just what stood out to me as blatantly obvious. You know, if you're going to do that, and the fact that he pretty much admitted to the fact they're doing that, you know, good on them. Yeah, it's at least there's self awareness to be had. Exactly. At least they're um, not trying to like lie through their teeth and say, "Oh, we're trying to make a very unique experience." You know, there's yeah. nothing unique this game i guess but now i know there is one thing going for this game that has me interested about it they've proven themselves in this regard what they just said about how the antagonistic species is going to have like their own societal rules and are going to actually develop them the Hellgast in the killzone series were really fucking well done the series itself was really fucking generic but the Hellgast themselves their hierarchy their culture was fascinating and really well done they were a lot more than just space nazis they were so good that a lot of people consider the Hellgas to actually be the real good guys in the series in kind of a twisted way. But I thought that was really cool. I did think the Hellgas were cool or interesting, at least. They're good at making antagonists, is what I'm saying. And that's cool. Yeah. Uh, in a game like that, I'm not expecting an interesting story. I'm just expecting interesting mechanics to have fun. You know, kind of like Metal Gear Solid Five, where it's just fun to go around the world and play the game yeah. for the game being the game. So yeah. if they can add on top of that with an interesting antagonist, that's uh, even better. <laughs> Before I got to the last big story, here's a story for you. You'll love this. Undertale's soundtrack is getting a vinyl release. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, you can put on your big, black, thick-rimmed glasses and hold up your iPhone. and. I am going to shock you yeah. with my opinion on this. You like the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack, so yeah. I think this is actually kind of a smart decision. Yeah. It's also smart on Kobe Fox's part because it is really good music, and he does have a dedicated fan base that would buy this shit. So, uh, Especially since most of them are hipster fucks. Yeah, yeah this is... Uh, He's incredibly intelligent for doing this. I agree. The Undertale soundtrack was pretty good. Uh, I, I hate the fact that every fucking YouTuber is using it as their background music and everything. In that regard, has kind of made me sick of the soundtrack, but I can't hold it against it itself. Uh, okay, so last actual story. This is a really good story. You're going to love this. Guess which game is getting VR support for PlayStation VR? Is it a game that's already out? Yes. No Man's Sky? If there has not yet been a game with a VR functionality that has made me want to get a VR set already, this is it. Dead or Alive Extreme 3 is getting VR support. Oh. <laughs> now all it needs is the hardcore sex scenes. It may not have hardcore sex, but what you can do is motorboard the girls with your face. <laughs> this, yes! Japan, you're our hero. At this point, I'm starting to think the developers are just baiting journalists to talk about the game more, and they succeeded because I read a bunch of scathing articles about how this game is basically sexual assault. And I can't help but fucking laugh every time I read something like that, because this is fucking hilarious. It's also awesome. I posted the link to the video in the Steam chat if you want to just skim the video. But yeah, basically you just get to get up and close and personal and kind of angle your face and... Oh, you jiggle their butts. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god. Now what they need to do is start getting a hold of um other popular franchises with hot ladies. Like try and get Peach, Tifa in these games as DLC characters. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. rename it to uh Waifu Volleyball. I gotta say, like I have not seen any uh triple A games going for something like this. <laughs> I've seen plenty of tech demos, but man. <laughs> this is the best. Team Ninja. <laughs> 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 oh god if you hate this go fuck yourself seriously <laughs> so what if somebody wants to be a dirty old perv and have a good time like fuck you
I mean, it's my same mentality towards homosexuality. It's like, it's not for me, but if two guys want to fuck each other in their bedroom, fucking let them. It's the right. <laughs> At the same time, if a fucking 45-year-old, wifeless, girlfriendless person who's, you know, just wants to fucking get up in some virtual boobies, fucking let him. It's hurting nobody. Who cares? Get your fucking nose out of other people's personal business. It matters absolutely nothing to you except to make you feel like you're better than them. So just get off your fucking high horse. It'll be funny is that this is actually a massive success, and then this just ends up in all sorts of AAA games. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, I love how much of a blatant middle finger this is to everyone who is offended by this game already. It's fucking beautiful. If you're being offended by this shit, like, sure, you can feel disgust. It's a visceral reaction. But to be offended and to actually take your time out of your life and to be like... <laughs> go fuck yourself find something better to do fucking donate your time to helping the homeless <laughs> uh, the comments on this article are wonderful <laughs> dead or alive VR is basically sexual assault the game yeah and guess what the people don't exist and they're not real and we know not to behave like that in real life just like in the same way that playing video games doesn't make you a violent murderer playing something like this is going to make you a fucking sexual predator you know say doesn't anyone ever want to look on this on the bright side? Like, wouldn't this stop actual real-life sexual assault, maybe, to some extent, as in, at least it's one less creepy guy at the bar you don't have to worry about getting fondled by? Yeah. Maybe. And anybody who's going to engage in something like this because they can't tell the difference between fake and real, they're going to be fucked up in other ways and already harmful to society or themselves. So, you know what? True. Shut the fuck up. And we all know everyone's just doing this to get a laugh anyway. If we can live in a society where it's okay for people to be sexually attracted to cars, we should be able to live in a society where it's okay for people to buy a game like this and be sexually attracted to fucking greedy figures. So fucking what? It's their money. It's their time. They're not hurting anybody. Fucking leave them alone in their goddamn bedroom. It's too bad Sony didn't present this at their E3 conference. No, that would be amazing. Yeah, Holy shit. Because you'd get so many zoom-ins on, like, hipster faces as they re- Oh, God, the reactions oh, would be... Oh, oh this is so God. sick. This is so nasty. I'm it's like gonna... that fucking piece of shit from that one yeah, yeah, really popular... Po- I know. I just, it's I know. so funny sitting in line and watching everybody get their face up in Sydney during the VR and get, you know date with them. What kind of sick person would do that? It's like, man, you just watched everybody else do that. Don't be like... Don't be that guy. I was the only one not like that. Get the fuck off your high horse you giant piece of shit i hope you drown it's okay (laughs) people who get triggered trigger me sexual apathy is just a uh coping mechanism for people who can't get laid so this is this is yeah anyway that's uh basically all the big hitters i had hitman the first season coming out on disc january 2017 we already kind of knew that but it has an official release date yet uh we get that and never play it just like everything else yeah uh what kind of bothers me is they're saying that there's going to be content on this disc that everyone who was already buying this game episodically won't get uh yeah it does sound like square enix is kind of ripping off people who are buying this game episodically like i almost did but uh it's like i said that's kind of bullshit i bought the first episode is basically just a giant demo for myself and i'm still playing that demo and getting from from it so i am gonna just wait until the whole game is out before i play the rest of it but uh yeah 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 i think we're good are you good yeah i'm wow i i I didn't feel that bad today when we got off work i thought like today's not bad but for some reason this i was just really fucking negative during this podcast and i blame it solely on nintendo so Fuck you, Nintendo. It's okay. I, I hate Nintendo more than I ever have, and I've always had hope for them, even in the darkest of times, even when they've been censoring games and doing all this shit. But now that they're DMCAing everything in sight, that they're censoring games left and right, and now they're shoveling out shit. And they're not even bothering to announce what the fucking NX is when it's like this cl- Like, seriously, Nintendo, I feel nothing but pessimism for now. I used to be so optimistic, and I can feel nothing but pessimism at the moment for Nintendo. I... Legitimately, I would not be surprised if the NX comes out and it fucking flops and Nintendo goes software only. I'm starting to see why people were so hardcore passionate fans of Sega opposed to Nintendo. I always thought they were just crazy, but now I'm starting to think maybe it's just people respected Sega as a business more than Nintendo. Yeah. I'm starting to now. Sega do what Nintendo don't. <sighs> like hire modders who make awesome mods. I really wish more companies would fucking just do that shit. You know, maybe there's still hope. Maybe Nintendo will fucking snap out of it any day now and be like, hey, maybe we should just stop being fucking retards. They're turning into Konami. 
if I was a big business like Nintendo that my thing was to make video games and somebody made a mod that was doing really well, I'd be like, not no, don't DMCA that. Hire that guy or get him on contract or something. Have him work with real game devs and release a finely polished release of that. Like fucking Cave Story, where Cave Story is still free. The original release of Cave Story is out there. But now there's more polished releases that you can buy on multiple platforms. That's what Nintendo should be doing with the guy who made fucking Not Another Metroid remake. They should be, at least on contract basis, maybe just for this one thing, give him some fucking money. He goddamn deserves it. Get some devs in there. Get it to run on your systems. Maybe polish it up so it has that a little bit more clean feel to it, so the animations are a little bit more smoother. Do what you have to, but get that product that people fucking want that is your IP. Get that in the markets. Be smart about your shit. If Nintendo doesn't want to make money, they don't have to. I will say it's sick that they're making so much money off Amiibos and Pokemon Go that they can't be bothered to put out a good game here and there. Yep. Revitalize an IP that people want and do it well. Whatever. All right, whatever. Yeah. Podcast over. Fuck this. I'm done. Video games suck. See you next week. Join us next week for another episode of Video Games Suck. That's what we should have named the podcast. We should have. Oh, man, I thought I thought of the perfect name for what we should have named the podcast. Yeah. Salt Mines. I was thinking the degeneracy cast. I like that. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I mean, considering that the only positive thing we were hyped for was Dead or Live Extreme 3's VR in this last podcast, that's really telling. In other news, I'll be going to PAX today. So next week, I will be bringing some impressions I have under the podcast. I probably won't be getting much time around the convention hall since I'll only be there for like the last three hours it's open. I will walk around. I'll take a glimpse at some games, see what's there, see what's up. I wonder if Nintendo will have something at their booth. They usually have short lines. Maybe I'll get to play one of these shitty games they just announced. Yeah. Yay. Maybe I'll go there and just kick a Nintendo representative in the balls, even though it's probably nothing is their fault. They're just PR people. I'm not going to do that because I'm not a dick. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. I'm not making actual threats here. If you listen to this podcast or any of our podcasts, Thank you for listening. We're not terrorists, I promise. Not yet. Once augmentation becomes real, we'll probably join the uh, augment movement. Seriously, if I could, like, day one, well, not day one, but, you know, once it was, like, viable and working, hell yeah, I'd get augments. Are you kidding me? Who wouldn't? What kind of dumb person? Good point. Hey, Ryan. Yes, Andrew. Let's say you're listening to us on iTunes, but you can only get the 20 most recent episodes, and you want, you know, even episodes (laughs) from farther back. Nate, that's a valid fucking reason why we list this shit at the end of every fucking goddamn episode. Shut your fucking mouth. Or you're a new user and you want to find out where you can find us if it's more convenient in another spot. You can subscribe, stream, or download our podcast via the RSS feed on www.explosionofhappiness.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes or streamer content through YouTube under the channel Explosion of Happiness. And I really should make sure that I renew the domain subscription because that's coming up this month and it'd be kind of shitty if our website just suddenly vanished and the RSS feed went with it and then suddenly the podcast just disappears. Uh, at that point, I just call it. I'm like, oh, we did. We had a good run. <laughs> Actually, we do have to make it 50. We can quit after we hit 50. Uh, I was hoping to make it to 100, but yeah, 50 would be better than well, nothing. Well, I'm saying, like, if, if, the, if the podcast disappeared, uh, yeah. I want to do however many oh, episodes. We could, still, yeah. we could still do, like, one or two more episodes and then just never release it. They'll be the lost episodes. Fuck yeah! yeah. Someday when we're dead, someone will pull it off of our hard drive. <laughs> and by that someone, it'll probably be our only listener. Hi, Nate! Yeah. We love you. Yeah. You're our biggest fan, and we appreciate you. By the time you're listening to this, I'll have already gone to PAX with you, so hopefully PAX is fun. And I didn't have to kill anyone. Until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. And thank God for Team Ninja. Yeah. Except when they were making other M. You know what? Maybe for Metroid's 30th anniversary, Team Ninja can talk Nintendo into letting them put Zero Suit Samus into the game. That'd be awesome. And then you can, yeah. God, I'd, I'd love, if if they put Zero Suit Samus or Tifa into that fucking 3D beach volleyball game, I'd buy that shit in the headset. Really, the only things I ever see concerning Metroid now is just Samus porn everywhere. And as of late, I've just seen a bunch of fucking like lewd images of Samus like drinking alone in a bar. So it's like... 
Samus is basically uh, Nintendo's cum slut now. I'm and gonna, that's, that's how they're treating her. I'm going to go to a porn website and just look up Samus and jerk off to her. That's how I'm going to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Yeah, I think I saw an image of her and Solid Snake getting drunk and, like, crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I think Captain Falcon was there, too. I don't remember. Oh, no, no, it was an image of... I think the snake one exists, but there was also an image where Samus and Captain Falcon were drinking at a bar saying, at least we still have Smash Brothers. Yeah, people probably play Smash Brothers who are younger, and they're like, who are these guys? I don't see them in any Nintendo games. Yeah, I always figured if they're getting representation in Smash Brothers, that would at least mean that they're going to still make those series relevant. And that's, you know, they pull the Ice Climbers out, maybe because they're like, fuck the Ice Climbers, we're never going to do anything with them. But Captain Falcon, on the other hand, what the fuck? Why not, like, at the very least, why not just make a Captain Falcon game, even if it's not, like, a racing game? He's so much of a meme. You could make a, a, a side-scroller beat him up. Would be it could be awesome. their God of War series. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. You just Falcon punch everything. Captain Falcon starts, like, warping into other Nintendo universes because he gets so powerful. He just, like, flies into fucking Hyrule and starts Falcon punching Ganondorf while he does his whatever punch thing. They punch each other. They're like genre, defi- like genre crossing thing where he goes to like yeah. every single fucking series and fights that bad guy. Yeah, he just fucking like warp speeds. He starts, he becomes like the Flash. He just starts like going so fast. He just starts like blowing through other universes. Yes, and then he just randomly goes into fucking Sonic's universe for whatever the fuck reason, and then starts like racing him. <laughs> God damn it! 